Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Angels Stadium in Los Angeles. It's the LA Angels 4, the Cleveland Guardians 1. The Angels officially sweep the four-game series from our Cleveland Guardians. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And... Man, what a terrible series. What a way to go out, too. I mean, we show no signs of life in this final game offensively. And we got to talk about it, though. We got to talk about it, and we'll get into the game, and we'll talk about some of the big moments and the storylines throughout. However, just to let you in on a little personal news, uh, it's currently 2.30 in the morning. I, uh, I'm waiting to do my newborn's feeding at 3 a.m., so I figured I'd hop on the mic right now and record very quickly. So this is going to be a little bit of a short episode, and this is definitely, truly, uh, Cleveland Baseball Nightly. Yeah, so it's going to be a different vibe tonight. Uh, I mean, there's not really anything to get excited about. Uh, it's, It's pretty rough stuff. I mean, the Guardians only managed to put together four hits on the day uh two extra base hits austin hedges is the big force offensively uh coming through with two hits on the day uh miles straw is able to add a double but they can't bring him in the score after ahmed rosario goes through a ridiculous marathon at bat where he probably could have walked multiple times but ends up ends up striking out in the end so yeah i mean the storylines really, I mean, it's the third inning. It's Cal Quantrill pitching, frankly, a decent game. Uh, six innings pitched, four hits, three runs, only one earned, three walks. The walk would come back to cost him, and four strikeouts on 98 pitches. He's only hard hit twice on the entire day. In fact, Guardians pitching is only hard hit four times on the entire day. But they're still going to lose this game. So this third inning kicks off. And uh, it's a walk. It's a walk to lead off the inning that's ultimately going to do in uh, the Guardians and set up this rally here for the Angels. So he walks Kurt Suzuki. And I can't tell you how many times walking the leadoff hitter is absolutely, you're going to pay for it. So Tyler Wade comes up and he chops one back to Cal Quantrill. And this is where things go from bad to worse. I mean, this really was a little league inning from the Guardians. And uh, Quantrill fields it cleanly, turns the throw to second, and just sails the throw to center field. Now, luckily, Owen Miller was running a great backup route, and he's able to intercept this pass heading out towards center field. Um, he really did look like a linebacker who was just covering the middle of the field and gets an overthrown pass and gets an interception. Um, so he able to say he's able to save that from becoming any, anything worse, but. Now they've got first and second. They've got their number nine hitter up. He decides to lay down a sack. Well, he didn't decide. Joe Madden decided to lay down a sack bunt. Uh, Quantrill fields it cleanly again. This time he actually throws okay to first base, and Owen Miller just drops it. I They, they were doing some kind of a wheel route here. Uh, I'm guessing Josh Naylor was probably charging in on the bunt. So Owen Miller, the second baseman, has to come all the way over. He gets there. He gets there in plenty of time. He covers the bag. He just can't catch the ball. Uh, you know, maybe maybe he's wearing his second baseman's glove and not his first baseman's glove. I, I don't know. The throw was a little bit towards the runner. So maybe he short arms this a little 
bit worrying about a collision with Velasquez. But in actuality, those are all just excuses. He dropped the ball. He just straight up dropped the ball. So now two errors set up a bases loaded situation for Taylor Ward, the guy who has been absolutely destroying the Cleveland Guardians so far in this series. And he gets one high and tight. He hits at a whopping 68.6 miles per hour off the bat. That's really slow. That's a lot of sarcasm on that. Uh, and he flares one into center field for an RBI single. Everybody moves up a base. That brings up Brandon Marsh. Brandon Marsh, uh, who had a fantastic day, uh, hitting an Otani spot in the lineup, playing center field so Trout could DH. He ends up going three for four on the day. Um, so really locked in. And he ends up flaring one out into left field. Uh, it's a 100.6 mile per hour XL velocity, but it really felt like a nice flare, opposite field flare uh, that lands right at the feet of Oscar Mercado. Again, it's hard hit. Everybody moves up a base. So now two runs across uh, for the Angels. And that would bring up Mike Trout. And now I'm locked in. I was actually on a walk with the baby and the wife and the dog. And uh, we kind of had the game on in my pocket. would pull it out and just check on things. And uh, I was locked into this at bat. I'm like, no, hang, hang on. Bases loaded. Mike Trout. Nobody out. This could go from bad to worse. And instead, Quantrill wins the battle. He gets him to ground into a double play. A run, Another run does come into score. Uh, but he's able to put two outs on the board and ultimately get out of that what could have been a much worse situation. So, yes, two of those runs are unearned, although it kind of feels like they should be earned because Quantrill was involved in both of those defensive plays, and one of the errors is credited to him. So it feels weird that the pitcher made the error, and yet the run is unearned. Um, but that's how baseball is scored. Uh, so, th- I mean, that was it. That was the game. That was the whole game. The only run that the Guardians put across comes on an Austin Hedges solo home run. Again, he gets one middle of the plate uh, in the fifth inning. Hits it 101.7 miles per hour, 394 to left center field. Austin Hedges, we know, can can put one out. If you put one down the middle of the plate, Austin Hedges can put one out. That's about all he can do uh, offensively. And then uh, they get a run. They get another insurance run in the seventh inning. Tyler Wade uh, doubles to lead off the inning. And eventually on a Taylor Ward ground out, uh, he would come in from third to score. Ernie Clement, if he comes up with the ball cleanly, actually has a chance to throw the runner out of the plate. But again, defense kind of lets the Guardians down. He bobbles the ball and his only play is to go to first. So they let another run come across. And the game is out of reach at that point. They do have two runners on in the eighth with an Austin Hedges single and uh, a mile straw walk. I know, I can't believe it, a single from Austin Hedges. Uh, but Ahmed Rosario would fly out to end that threat. And then Jose Ramirez would single to lead off the ninth, but Naylor would hit into a double play to end the game. So just, I mean, it was weak stuff all the way around from your Guardians offense. And I, I, I'm at this point, we put it in Terry Francona's hands. Like, we are getting destroyed online, you know, in the baseball conversation. Anthony Castro-Vince, the writer for MLB.com, who at one time was the beat reporter for the Guardians, and a big Guardians fan pointed out that we're the only team in baseball not, we're 0-10 against teams above 500. We're the only team not to have a win against a team above 500. Uh, so, yeah, so 
we've got some work cut out for us because right now we are on a team in free fall. And I think at this point, Terry Francona is the only one that's going to be able to pull us out of this. Like he's got to pull some kind of a trick as the manager of this team to, to flip this thing around to get some positive vibes going in Cleveland. By the way, that tweet from Castro Vince let all the, oh, they should have never changed the name people. Oh, it, they're cursed because they changed the name people come out of the woodwork. And I'm telling you right now, if you're one of those people, that narrative does not hold up, right? That is that is some bull right there. It was a racist name. And then absolutely in no way uh, should it have stayed the name for this team. And I'm glad that the name has changed. So it just infuriates me that those conversations are still... And that's what Twitter's for. Why am I getting furious about Twitter? Of course, the worst human takes possible are going to pop up on Twitter. But I just it drives me crazy because Castrovince is a good writer and makes great points on Twitter. He's actually a good Twitter follow. And to read all those comments really frustrated me tonight. So uh, let's go a little bit deeper into this game. What did Cal Quantrill do? And what is Cal Quantrill doing on the season? Because, frankly, it has not been Quantrill's season so far. So in this game, uh, he could not get a swing and a miss. Three whiffs on 42 swings. That's it. 7% whiff rate. That is just terrible. He ends up with uh, getting a few cutters called. Well, actually, 12 cutters called for strikes. So the cutter is respectable at a 38% CSW, but only at 20% CSW on the day. That sinker was not doing much, and he threw it a ton. Was pounding it inside uh, our arm side uh, on the of the plate, inside to the righties, away to the lefties. It just kept pounding it there to no result, apparently. Um, yeah, his percentile rankings. Some of the worst in baseball, expected weighted on base percentage, fifth percentile, expected ERA, expected batting average, fifth percentile, expected slugging, sixth, K percentage, third percentile. I mean, bottom, bottom of the league in most percentile rankings. And he's really, it's some of the worst of his career. His expected batting average is by far the worst of his entire career. Expected slugging, worst. Expected weighted on base, worst. Uh, exit velocity is the worst. Barrel percentage, worst. First time he's ever been in double digits in barrel percentage in his career. Um, hard hit percentage, the first time he's ever been above 35% for a hard hit percentage. He's at 47.1. Now, yesterday, Helene gives up two. Uh, I'd actually be curious if this 47.1 is updated with yesterday's game. But yeah, worst of his career. Everything, K percentage, single digits, worst of his career. This is a guy that averages 19.6 K rate, K percentage, and he's at 9.2. Uh, so yeah, everything. The walks are up. The first time he's ever been in double-digit walks in his career, 10.8% walk rate right now. So everything is the worst of its career so far for Cal Quantrill. So Cleveland's pitching has a lot. Plesak struggled. Quantrill struggled in this series. They've got a lot to figure out. Savali struggled against the Yankees. I, they, they say maybe it's a little bit of that spring training rust. You know, this would be the first starts of the season, really, for some of these guys in a normal spring training situation. So they're kind of blaming April in the short swing spring, but I don't know if I buy that because every team in baseball is going through that, and there's guys that are out there pitching good right now. So 
Is it the loss of uh, their former pitching coach who went to San Diego? Is that somehow affecting them? You know, that guy helped a lot of people. And now it's a voice that's not there in the clubhouse. It's not there on their, um, you know, on their off days, on their work days. That's a, is it a voice that they really miss? And is Carl Willis not getting the job done as the pitching coach? I don't know. I, I think Carl Willis has been a pretty good pitching coach up until this point. But he's always had that other voice in the room that these guys really leaned on. And that's not there right now. So a lot to figure out on the pitching side of things. Um, the other thing over on the Illustrator, I will say that uh, from the count breakdown perspective, Cal Quantrill at least was working ahead a lot in this game. He went to a 1-0 and a decent amount, but only one batter makes it to 2-0 and on the day. Um, so that was good that he was being aggressive and at least working ahead in most counts. Uh, I can't say that same thing for his counterpart, Reed Detmers, the rookie. Even though the rookie had plenty of success, uh, he was he did fall behind a few guys, got to 2-0 four times in this game, but was able to work his way out of it. Um, Iglesias, their closer, was working way ahead. Um, man, he was ahead of a lot of batters in this one. So was Sandlin for that point. Sandlin works ahead a lot uh, in the three batters he faces. Never goes to 1-0. Never even touches the right side of this. So the way the um, the way the uh, count breakdown illustrator is designed, if you haven't gone over to Baseball Savannah and looked at it, it kind of looks like a diamond where the 0-1-0-2-0-1-2-2-2 pitches are all along the left side and the 1-0-2-0-3-0 pitches are all along the right side. It's an oval-ish, diamond-ish shape. Um... And yeah, so he never goes to the right side, stays ahead of the count, stays on the left side of this count breakdown chart here, which is where you want to be, right? Working ahead. I think most pitchers would want to work ahead. I thought that was an interesting visual from this game. So yeah, that's everything from this one. I mean, it's a really another tough loss for the Guardians. And now we get to go to Oakland. We get to go to the other team in the American League, the other team in baseball that frankly refuses to spend any money, and we'll see what we can do matching up against them. Uh, they are not having as rough of a season as we're having so far. I mean, they're they're actually hanging in there. They're 10-9. and nine. In fact, most of the American League West is above 500 at this point. They're tied with Houston for third place at 10-9. and nine. So even they're not having as bad of a season as we're having at 7-12, and 12, at losing seven in a row. By the way, Minnesota has won seven in a row. Kansas City sits in second place at 7-10. and 10. The White Sox are at 7-11, and 11, and we are 7-12, and, and Detroit is at 6-12 and 12 right now as we round you know, down to the end of April here. So uh, it's going to be a rough month of April, but it still is just the month of April. And yes, this team right now, I'm telling you, this, this looks like a 90-loss team, right? A 100-loss team. It, it looks that bad right now in these two series against New York and LA, but it's still the month of April. When the weather gets hot, I, who knows? Fermil Reyes fly, finally hit some fly balls, finally hit some balls hard today, uh, flew out to center field twice. I can't believe it, but I'm going to celebrate it. That's a positive step for Fermil Reyes. There's still a long way to go, so hang in there. It's going to be rough, Guardians fans. You're going to take a lot of flack from your friends, from your family, from people on Twitter. If you 
delve into that terrible, terrible word world that is, you know, online conversation about baseball on Twitter, you're going to take some flack. You're going to take some heat. Hang in there. You know this roster is going to continue to take shape. I don't know if there's any truth to this. I didn't listen to the radio broadcast. Someone tweeted out that Hamilton said on the radio broadcast, this is like third-hand news at this point, uh, that this team, this roster might look different when the team returns home uh, on Tuesday. Now, I know Anthony Castro pitched a rehab uh, appearance uh, down in AAA and had a good appearance down there. Coming back from the COVID list, I don't, you know, some guys came right back. They decided, let's give this guy uh, one appearance. He was out a little bit longer. Chang has been out longer. We'll see if he goes through a little rehab stint down in the minor leagues to get a few swings under his belt before he comes back to the team. Uh, is that what Hamilton is talking about? Or is he talking about other moves? I mean, Oscar Gonzalez is hitting the cover off the ball right now. He's on a seven-game hit streak, leads the minor league system in home runs. Uh, is that the kind of thing that Hamilton's talking about? I don't know. I didn't hear Hamilton say the quote. I'm just relaying it back what someone tweeted out, what they heard Hamilton say. So, uh, yeah, that would be very interesting. That would be very interesting if some changes are coming that soon. Uh, it has been a month, and I think there's clearly some guys we can all agree are candidates to be DFA'd, right? To be basically released and open up, opened up to the rest of the league. If the rest of the league doesn't want them, you could put them back on your minor league roster. But there's some definite candidates. Who? Bobby Bradley, Logan Allen. Uh, yeah, there are some candidates there for that situation. So that's all my thoughts on this one. Uh, there was some MLB news. Uh, Acuna Jr. Ronald Acuna Jr. makes his return. Uh, to the Atlanta Braves. So one of the stars of the game is back and already stole two bases in his first game back. So it's always great when one of the stars of the game can come back. It just makes the game more exciting. But the other side of that is uh, the Kansas City Royals lose one of their young star players. Mondesi goes down with an ACL tear, so he's going to be out for a long time. So that fantastic infield for KC takes a hit. I did hear someone suggest, hey, Kansas City needs an infielder. Ahmed Rosario might be available. It, could we pull off a trade like we pulled off with Cesar Hernandez where we get a really good minor league pitcher? We kind of swipe a really good minor league pitcher from a division rival uh, for some part-time, you know, for some help that doesn't stick around that long, right? Cesar Hernandez has already gone from Chicago, and we've got one of their pitchers. So could we unload Ahmed Rosario in a situation like that? Well, time will tell. All right, that is all my thoughts on this one. I got to go get that bottle ready for that midnight, 3 a.m. feeding. Uh, Boy, it's fun being a new parent. Uh, Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Nightly. Again, the final from L.A. It's the Angels 4, the Guardians 1. There will be brighter days ahead. We will win a baseball game again. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show, Mornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game. Let me know your thoughts on the team. You have to be frustrated at this point. Mornings at gmail.com. Write it out. Unload. Let me know how you're feeling. We'll discuss it on the show. You can also call in using the anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings. You can leave a voicemail if you want to do it that way. We'll, just talk, we'll talk about it on the air and have a fun conversation amongst fans. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Nightly.